back, it's time for Customers Who Click. A really interesting topic today as it affects a lot of e-commerce brands. Everyone wants subscriptions, they want that recurring revenue, and so many brands sell up, subscribe and save. But there's a problem, brands don't actually give customers a reason to subscribe other than the discount. My guest today is Matt Holman, co-founder of Qpilot, a tool that helps e-commerce brands manage their subscription offerings. Let's get him on now to explain. Hi, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Would you mind just giving us a bit of an introduction to yourself, a bit of your background, how you've got to, to where you are at the moment? Absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Matt Holman. I'm currently running marketing at an e-commerce tech startup called Qpilot. I've been in e-commerce for a few years now. My background is a little bit interesting. I have a degree in information systems. Before that, I was doing design work. So I've always been, but interestingly enough, I've always been always loved marketing and messaging and helping people understand things, solving problems, education. So one of my first kind of real jobs uh, in marketing was actually doing marketing for a tech company, a shipping logistics company called eHub. And and, and I'll ultimately joined Qpilot because Qpilot, while it's a subscription software company, I have an understanding of logistics. Qpilot is a logistic subscription software company. We do a lot with logistics, which is kind of why I ended up there in that way instead of being a, maybe a billing expert per, per se. So, so yeah, so that's a little bit about me and how I got to kind of here. Cool. So you mentioned kind of helping people out and messaging and things. So we're here to talk about subscriptions. So how do you get people, how do you get customers clicking and engaging with subscriptions? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, when we're thinking about it from Qpilot's perspective, we think that it's a top of mind problem for everybody. But I think it's really not. It's one of those things where it's not always the acquisition you know, Facebook ads and landing pages are typically what e-commerce companies are most interested in and in trying to solve from a problem perspective. So a lot of what we do is really just trying to keep people engaged. So to say that we keep people clicking, it's by offering content solutions, trying to get them thinking, and then ultimately trying to give them a solution to a problem. I think that's the best way to get people to click on anything is they're looking for the answer to a problem or an issue and you're trying to give them the solution or a perspective solution. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, what, how, how do you think brands should be approaching setting up subscriptions? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think that there's certainly a big drive, especially at larger companies that have boards, that have financial officers that are you know trying to push you know profitability and revenue metrics within a company that they often think that, you know, subscriptions, this is a great place to start building a book of recurring revenue, which is really easy to plan around and borrow money against. There's a lot of really good things that come with predictable revenue, as most SaaS companies know. But I think the the reality is, is that the successful subscription companies are doing so because they're seeing a need from their customers and or they're seeing a problem or additional sets of problems that subscriptions can solve for their customers. So really, really great brands, you know, are, are doing this in a way that's, uh, I think, pretty sophisticated. One of my favorite companies is one of the earliest and biggest well-known brands, and that's Dollar Shave Club. I'm a customer of theirs. I use theirs. You know, they launched a subscription program because it was a, a reusable, a product that you're going to be using a lot and you're using regularly and it wears out. And so being able to craft an experience that's really powerful for the end user has given them the opportunity to collect data. And once they've, they're have they getting data and seeing more needs, they're able to upsell and create more offers and ultimately had a huge exit. Yeah, I think you're right. It works, I guess, for certain types of businesses, but also when you can kind of solve that problem for people and, or, or even, I suppose, maybe even 
kind of create a problem for people or make them aware of a particular problem. You know, one that pops into yeah. mind is like skincare products, right? So you get a lot of brands that just stick a subscribe and save on their website and that's it. And they just hope people will choose to right. subscribe to a product. Now, I, I don't know the data behind it, but I know from my own behavior, I will subscribe and save for one purchase and then cancel. But mm. if I don't like it, okay, well, I've saved a bit of money. If I do like it, I've saved a bit of money and then I might come back and subscribe. But I use it to save, I use it for the discount, not for the subscription. Right. But there are brands. Yeah, it's a really common thing. Oh, so, sorry, go ahead, uh, finish. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll just finish this point and then we'll go back to you. But yeah, there are other companies who are still skincare, but they position their products and services as a subscription just package, right? It's your 30-day skincare routine, right? It's just packaged right. that way. Right. And so you know, you know, it's that that kind of makes you understand you need to subscribe. Yeah, you should subscribe because you're going to want it every month because this is what you need to keep doing. Whereas the other brands who don't do that, it's literally just it's just a discount for the for the product, really. Yeah, you, you, we said it beautifully, and, and 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 honestly, that's a little bit of what I was going to get at. So I'm glad you were able to finish because okay. you think you said it better than I would have. But yeah, it's the difference is is you see a lot a lot of people that are offering that it's a discount experience, but the really really good ones are are almost telling you this is an experience. It's a program. This is something that you should be doing right. So instead of you just signing up because it's a cool skincare product. This is a skincare routine, right? This is yeah. something you do regularly. This is how you should use it. These are the benefits from regular usage, though that type of messaging and that kind of like powerful message and positioning, as you mentioned, is what makes great, great subscription brands. Yeah. But I, I do also wonder if it's, if it depends on the person and their like understanding of the industry and space as well, if you're less clued up on skincare then this 30-day routine or day-night routine or whatever you see that might appeal to you because you didn't know you're supposed to do it like that you might have just bought things as a one-off whereas you'll have other people who know it's a daily thing anyway and so maybe they don't need to be sold so much on the day-night routine they just need to be sold a bundle of products that fit their their needs right which, which they can still do, obviously, right. but it's still better than just, yeah, just click subscribe and save and, and that's it. <laughs> I suppose speaking of subscribe and save then, you know, I guess just generally, how do you feel about that? Do you see any brands doing it well? It's just the, the subscribe and save element. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's a growing trend where we're going. I mean, there's still a, a really strong presence of subscription bar boxes in general, right? Like where you're getting a bundle or a package each month that's being curated for you. But I think there are a lot of brands that are doing this well. You know, we have a couple that are using our software that I just am really big fans of. One is Legion Athletics. They're a supplement company and they're able to take a lot of their like subscribe and save information and use it as a, or as their subscribe and save option and create a workflow where they're creating upsells and bundling and increasing average order value on top of it. And even though there are a lot of people that come in and do try the product and churn basically like like you're saying you subscribe but you really just want to get that first month discount at the same time they're using that as a means of discovering like really really loyal customers as well so i think one of the what makes it really effective is what data you're able to collect around it right so like you brought up a little bit earlier this difference between brands that are able to like 
they know that the, the or the customer say is could be sold on the idea that they need to be using this every day and every night for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days versus somebody under already understands they're more sophisticated. They've been using skincare longer. They already kind of know that in and out. The idea is you with any great e-commerce offering is you need to be collecting data around these things, right? You need to be collecting data from your customers on what they're using, why, why they're buying, like, and then ultimately with, with a subscribe and save program, why you're losing customers, right? So like a really common reason why people cancel is because they have too much product. It's like notorious across all subscriptions. And, and a lot of people are worried about subscribing because of that, that and the inability to cancel, right? They, they, they're worried about that. So, but the, but what, what ends up happening is the more you collect data and the closer you get to your customers, another one of our customers is uh, iHeartDogs and they're really, really big in the pet food space. And they do a lot of donations and help shelter pets get, get meals, but they were running subscribe and save for a while and just collecting data, but not really doing anything fancy or sophisticated. And they found that people were, had too much product because the, the next reason is important. They didn't know how much to order because different dogs are different sizes and they eat at different rates, right? So they went yeah. back and they crafted a new landing page experience and a new onboarding experience for subscribe and save where depending on what how big your dog is, you pick how big your dog is and they make a recommendation on what you should buy and how frequent. So right. I've got <laughs> an, an interesting thought on that. It's just popped into my head. So I, I've got a dog, I've got a golden retriever and he just gets kind of normal dry food. I think it's pretty decent stuff, yeah. but it's nothing special. But the suggested serving size for him is, I think it's 220 grams per meal. So 440 in a day. I think yeah. that's what it is. We generally give him 180, right? That's He gets 180 per meal because 220s puts him massively overweight. Right. Also, because I imagine their 220 gram serving suggestion does not account for any treats or any, any extras yeah, that he gets throughout the day. Right. But so with a, a subscription model, maybe what you should be doing is saying, well, you know, every time you take your dog to the vet and get him weighed, record that, record that, that weight with us and we will adjust um, our recommendations on the food right. for you. So kind Absolutely. of link, just linking up that behavior with something else to create a bit more of a, an engaged and, and tailored experience. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think that's what the the, the brands that are innovating are, are starting to do that. Like, you know, say with like working out supplements, the idea that you're regularly getting checked in on your goals, because depending with weight, with like with supplements, it always comes down to your goal that you're working on, on influences the product you buy, right? If I'm trying to bulk up, I'm going to buy one product versus I'm trying to slim down. Or I'm trying to, you know, and the same yeah. thing with pet food, there's a lot of health components and other components that go into that. So I, I think that great great businesses are looking for additional ways to engage, but it also gives them more information, right? You can do that at the same time. If you can get somebody to check in and tell you how much their dog weighs at the regular vet check, they're connecting with you in a way that they aren't connecting with a lot of other e-commerce brands or retailers, right? And so that gives you an engagement point. It gives you a touch point. It gives you an, an opportunity to reinforce the benefits of the product, the problem that you're solving or help, trying to help them solve with your, your product, but also giving you more data on what's important to them, right? So if you start to ask, like, you know, is your dog experiencing any health issues? Is there a weight lot weight issue, right? Like if there is a weight issue, it's not, don't not buy our product, try this different product, right? Try yeah. this other thing that you can use. 
yeah, they could use those data points and say, look, we, we notice your dog's weight f- is fluctuating a bit, but you might just answer this survey or whatever, and we can provide some suggestions. And you, you might find out through that that you're giving them too many treats or something. Right. I did have another point to make. Oh, it also positions you more as the expert, right? If you're constantly right, saying, look, keep giving us this data, this information, and we will make sure that we're giving you the right food, the right amount of food and the right suggested serving size, it just further kind of reinforces the fact that you genuinely do know what you're talking about as a brand. And this, therefore, this probably is the best product for your dog. Absolutely. So I guess getting more into that data side of things, how, how can you go about optimizing and improving a subscription program? What sort of things do you look for? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I think the first one is, is brand experience. Like you mentioned positioning, you know, with it from the dog food side of positioning yourself as the expert and depending on the product and the space you're in, whether it's positioning yourself as the expert, whether it's positioning yourself as a community, as a, you know, if you're talking about, you know, CBD is, is rising in popularity right now. Maybe it's something that people that are fun, right? If it's weight loss or skincare, there's, there's a lot of different opportunities there, but the idea is the great programs are actually doing what we've just been talking about, figuring out how they can become more engaged. And it's about collecting more data and understanding the problem. So there's, there's really just kind of like two sets of, of experiences. There's the experience of people that are using the product itself. Like say, if I'm taking a, for me, I take a CBD, I take Delta eight for sleep, right? So if, if, if you come to the, the site that I buy this from and, and, and will, you've got a sleep issue, you're going to start taking the product and you're going to have an experience with just the product usage itself. You're going to either start to see the effects. Maybe you take too much or too little. There's something that happens with just the product itself. And then there's the subscription experience overall. How is it getting to you? Is it getting to you when it should? Are you getting the notifications? Do you feel like you have control? So those two pieces are the things that brands can, can do a lot. They can Those can play together. What I mean is... If, if a product has a certain way it needs to be used, brands can improve their subscription program by getting better at communicating how the product should be used and how the effects can come and reinforcing that as an experience, right? So for example, with the sleep one, you know, do you feel it the first night or does it, do you feel it on night three, right? And, and understanding your product, you should be educating people on that. It's, you should feel a good night's sleep the first time. If you wake up feeling groggy, take less product on night two. If you didn't feel it, take a higher dose. You know what I mean? Like you have to be educating people on how to use your product so they can get the effect that you that they want. And then for, for me and, and a trend we're seeing is a, a lot more strongly is people want more and more control, right? They want more control over what they're getting, how they're getting, whether you have somebody who's really sophisticated and knows how many grams of food they're giving their dog every day, you should have the option to change that frequency or schedule on your subscription to match the amount of usage you're using, right? Because you know your usage. The flip side of that is you need to be able to then, for people that are less sophisticated, give them an experience where you're personalizing it for them based off of some information that you have, that expertise so that they can do better. So it's kind of like a big thing. I know as uh, I kind of rambled around there, but really it starts with data, understanding what people are using, the effects they're seeing, but then also the overall experience, like you know how much product they're getting, how often it's getting it and control they're seeing. Those are the main areas that I always recommend with, with the brands that we work with to improve on. Yeah, I think on the point of, of how much product they've got, how much they're using, I, th- I think it is kind of assumed 
that everyone will use the product exactly how the brand expects it to be used right. every single day. And that's why they say, right. well, we're going to send you a monthly supply every month. Or right. I use these supplements, Heights, and they they bill me quarterly. And then every month they send me a pack. I don't know why they send it separately and, and not just the whole 90 days in one go. Uh, there must be a reason for that. But yeah, they, I, I forget, right? There are days when I forget. It's not, I haven't made it a habit for me yet. And actually I'm, I'm onto about 90 days now. So really it should be, probably should be a habit, but I haven't got there yet. And, and I had to push back. I think that actually pushed back the second quarter for me, but there's just nothing, there's nothing encouraging me to do it. They're not checking in on me on anything. There's no, they haven't sent me anything to go with the, the supplements that, you know, a calendar or right. some sort of report to just fill in to say, yeah, I'm feeling better, you know, whatever it is. And so, yes, yeah, that usage thing is a problem. And then making sure that you check in on people or, you know, when someone logs in, right? You know, the right. reason, I imagine the reason someone logs into their account, if they're a subscriber, is they are going to make a change to their subscription. Vast majority of the time, someone might be checking their invoice or something like that, but vast majority of the time, they're going to be editing their subscription plan. And that's likely to be a pause or a cancel would be my expectation. I do have a couple of brands who I go in and I change my delivery date quite frequently because you know I've still mm -hmm. got the product, I, but they, have, they allow a lot of flexibility. So I know that I can go in there and just push it back three weeks or something. Exactly. And that that's great. I love that experience. But otherwise, so what I, I suppose what you could do is if someone logs in for the first time after a month, after two months, just ask them the question, you know, do you still have, do you have more product than you expected? Or have you been taking this right. every day? And then based on those answers, you could just head them off in advance and say, yeah. you know, basically internally you're saying, okay, I think you're about to cancel. So what we're going to say to you is, would you like us to send you something to help with it? Or would you like to pause or right. would you like to reschedule in next? So just getting it, getting ahead of it. Sorry, these are just ideas yeah, that are coming to at the moment. No, I, I think it, no, it's brilliant because I mean, in reality, you know, like re recharge, uh, they've recently like the last year launched, you know, this texting SMS experience, right? So a lot of these Shopify brands are now like able to now communicate about subscription programs over text. Well, a really common method is just to say like, hey, if you've got too much, do you have too much product? Do you, do you want to pause or skip? Want to do a skip? That's the, that's the, the verbiage now. And, and I think it's important from a messaging, we're talking about like reasons why people are clicking or not clicking, like a subtle psychology is instead of just telling, asking somebody if they want to skip or cancel, because a lot of times people are just going to default and say, okay, yeah, I'll cancel. You actually are asking a question like, hey, have you been using the product every day? And if somebody says no, it's like, oh, okay, well, do you have do you have more product? Maybe you should, I'm just going to suggest a skip at this point or not a skip, but push your frequency out two weeks, right? Or push your frequency yeah. out four so, weeks, right? You're like engaging with them to, you're, yeah, like you said, I like how you phrased that. You're heading them off. They're not thinking yeah. about canceling or pausing. They're thinking about personalizing the schedule to match what their current usage is. Yeah, I mean, I, I should really try and do some interviews with with people who subscribe because, yeah, there is that question: right? Are they how many people are coming in to specifically to cancel, and how many people are thinking I, I want to just change it? I want to make some other change, whether it's pause, skip, set a new date, right. 
Right. And then it comes down to the options. And for too many businesses, the options are pause or skip. And right. I might have an extra two weeks worth of product, but my only option is to skip a month. And so suddenly right. I'm going to be without the product. And then, so, right. yeah. But I, I, yeah, I like that yeah, idea there. of SMS. Being able to to give that default option to what you know will work. So just saying, would you like right. us to push your delivery back two weeks? And all they've got to do is hit yes, right. and, and that's done. And you mentioned like your supplement program Remind me of a, a women's supplement program that I, I did a kind of like a lunch and learn with a couple of weeks ago. And, and one thing we uncovered is that they have a lot of data around how people are starting to use the product. And so for them, you need to use the product consistently to see results. And so they, and they know that in general, people don't start a habit. They're not using it every day when they start. So for them, and like uncovering some of this, they were looking at a way to address churn. They wanted to start gifting people things as a way to incentivize churn. But one of the things we were able to uncover was actually if you got a better, if you did better at engaging with people and and showing them that, you know, it takes a habit to make this really pay off, right? Like they're doing stuff with gut health and, and hormonal health, right? And so it requires like ongoing consumption for those things to take effect. So the, the, the idea with this just great subscription is, is, is if you're collecting data, if you know how often people are logging into the app, if you know how often people are pausing or skipping, you can start to see trends in your own data around the, this behavior and you can start to address the behavior earlier. You can kind of head that off. And so it's not always like the, and this is the difference asking the question of people that are scaling and people that are are fighting this churn battle is if you're just thinking about how I'm just going to throw discounts at certain points, right? That, that is a tool you can use, but ultimately it's, it's a losing one because you're not uncovering the reasons why people aren't sticking around longer, why they aren't using the product as much as they should. So great, great brands, great subscription, great retail e-commerce in general is really about collecting data, understanding the behavior of your customers and, and, and helping massage that customer experience. So in a way that's more beneficial for you and for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, so I, I worked on, on a digital subscription business in, in earlier days of my career. So the, all the usage data was there, right? You didn't have to ask anyone to do anything. Mm-hmm. You could, we could just see exactly what, how people were interacting with the app, how much, how, how engaged they were and identify what makes a good user, what makes a bad user, you know, what behavior do we need to encourage? Obviously makes it a lot easier. Obviously for physical subscription products, much more difficult because someone just uses the product, they don't have to do anything else. So if you can find a way to kind of build in that interaction, imagine maybe even on a weekly basis, just get someone to like submit a report or something, a progress report or yeah, whatever it is for your business, just keeps them a little bit more engaged, allows you to kind of reaffirm that point that you need to be doing this every day to really see the benefits. And then you, you're collecting that data as well. So you can use that data to say, cool, people who fill in their reports every week, we can obviously see their, their exact progress. We can then tailor our communications and recommendations to that. And we know that people who only do it once a month, they churn after six months. So how do we, how do we then encourage that, that behavior so they don't churn after six months? Absolutely. It's just coming up with the idea on how how to actually get people engaged. That's the 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 tougher, tougher part of that. it, I guess. Right. So what other what are some of the biggest or almost common mistakes you see brands make with subscriptions? Yeah, I think something that's pretty regularly and 
the metaphor I have to use is a, a Tesla, right? Like you're building a subscription program. You see the Dollar Shave Clubs of the world. They're, they've got this Tesla running out there. It's very sophisticated, has a lot of like improvements, development, time and money invested in it. And a lot of brands think that they need to build a Tesla right away. And that's just not how it works. It's, it's, you know, I'm definitely from the school where you should be working on MVPs. You should be working on building, you're testing this idea, this theory. And so for me, that really comes down to when I see a brand that's telling me they're getting data from their customers, we know our customers are asking for this and they're wanting this and they like this or they hate this about their product or about their problem that they're solving. That's what you you need to craft a great subscription program. So, so one of the mistakes I see is people are trying to make it more sophisticated than it needs to be, right? At least at first, you want to you want to be doing that with two feet firmly planted on, you know, customer data. And then I think another one too, is just when brands, the mistake is not investing in community and investing in your customers. We we're seeing a really strong trend within both the D2C and the B2B space and communities. So the idea that you're not fostering your a, a community or group of your most loyal customers is I think a mistake that uh, are going to, uh, it's, it's one of those things that's not affecting the bottom line right now, but it will in time. Yeah. Well, uh, I spoke to Surge at uh, Crossrope. Do, do you know him? No, like, I don't. They, they've got a massive Facebook community. I think it's over a hundred thousand people now, oh, and wow. it's it's a mix of people who love the brand and use it all the time, and post they post their workouts, they post challenges, all that sort of thing, and people who haven't yet bought into the brand, and so that community is their opportunity to actually ex- can't not exactly experience the product, but get a feel for it, you know, see people posting their videos, get a feel for how it works, kind of get a feel for the additional stuff that Crossrope offers. So like these challenges and things. So I think for for them, you know, I I don't actually know if they've got a separate kind of VIP community where they, where they speak to people about, you know, what products do you want? What do you want to do next? Uh, I imagine they probably do, but that, that hundred thousand person community is going to have massive value for them because that absolutely not, it's not only driving acquisition for them, but it's also probably driving retention, right? All these people who yes, are maybe thinking I'm, I'm not using it as much as I should do. They jump into the Facebook group. They see all these challenges and things popping up. They want to get involved. So yeah, I think, um, I think communities are really, a really, a, a really strong opportunity. Oh, totally. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to cover on subscriptions while I've got you? I mean, I always like to end by saying something along the lines of, you know, just, just focus on your customer, focus on understanding them better. And it's not just like the one single problem, but the problems that are parallel or ancillary to what they're trying to solve. You know, if somebody's working on gut health, maybe they have some other issues and stuff too. So, you know, staying close to them, understanding them, looking for ways to create a community, I think would be another thing, even if it's just a Facebook group. Even if it's just a regular invite for, for 20, 50, 100 of your customers to do little get-togethers, things like that, you can find a lot of opportunity and get a ton of value off of looking to engage with people that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the community aspects. And I think, like we talked about, there's a few opportunities there, right? There's the, the VIP customers who are going to tell you what they like, what they don't like, what they want. You've also got that kind of acquisition retention side. You know, with think if you can position your subscription as you know, a 30 day challenge sort of thing or a 30 day routine right. or whatever. And you can find a way to get people to engage with that on in a Facebook group or discord or whatever. I think you've got a, a good opportunity to, to really get that feedback in. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Great stuff. Yeah. This has been fantastic. Really interesting. If anyone wants to reach out and find out more from you, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, definitely. Please connect with me on LinkedIn, Matthew Holman. I'm also on Twitter as the, as subscription doc. I do a weekly letter around best practices and ideas to be implementing on your subscription process with the subscription prescription. So you can find me on either of those platforms and subscribe. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Matt. Absolutely. Thank you, Will. Value and convenience. These are the two key things when it comes to subscriptions. Customers should be signing up to them because there's more value for them in subscribing, not just the saving. It should be more convenient for them as well uh, than the alternative solution, which is to go and have to have to buy or order the product uh, each time they need it. I'm not saying ditch discounts entirely, but the savings shouldn't be the only reason people subscribe because inevitably you're going to lose a load of revenue from one and done buyers who subscribe and then immediately churn. Make sure subscriptions work for your business. Make sure they make sense and your business can handle it. Otherwise, you're going to struggle. And finally, give customers flexibility over their subscription. Let them pause, skip an order, change the delivery date, even edit the contents of their order. Give them the flexibility to do this and and they don't really have a reason to churn. If you'd like to learn more about Matt and Qpilot, you can find him on LinkedIn. Any other podcast questions, feedback or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Kale Osby joining me. We're going to be talking about how Wichita Furniture are improving their customer experience and how they go about sourcing new vendors. But until then, keep those customers clicking. Mm-hmm.